Welcome to the Vertical Go-To-Market Podcast, where you'll discover new opportunities to grow your business from seven figures to eight from the world's most successful agency and B2B SaaS executives. I'm your host, Corey Quinn. Let's jump into the show. Hey, it's Corey. I'm changing it up today and giving you an opportunity to hear some of my insights about specializing your company with a vertical market approach. So today, you'll hear me being interviewed by the Chief Marketing Officer of Vendasta, Jeff Tomlin, on his show, Conquer Local. You'll hear my thoughts on the power of specialization, how specialization drives superior retention and its impact on sales. I go into the three types of marketing for vertical specialists, how to generate word of mouth, what the zone of indifference is all about, and a whole lot more. There's a ton of great value for you right here in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Now onto the show. Corey Quinn. Hey, it is a pleasure to have you on the Conquer Local podcast, sir. Welcome. And how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, Jeff. Super excited to be here. Hey, well, glad to have you. So, um, you know, we went through a little bit of your, uh, your background uh, in, uh, throughout the intro, but uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about you and about your life and life as a fractional CMO and all things great. <laughs> sure. So... Thanks for that. I have over two decades of experience, combination of entrepreneurship and sales and business development, about 15 of that, uh, that of those years yeah, directly in an agency as an operator. My last role as, at an agency was as a chief marketing officer of a company called Scorpion. And Scorpion is a digital marketing agency and technology company that services uh, small to medium-sized local businesses with a, uh, a focus on vertical, a couple of verticals. And uh, while I was there, I was I joined the company in 2015. And um, at the time, it was about 100 employees, 1,000 customers, and about $20 million in revenue. By the time I left the agency, it was in 20, at the end of 2021, it was a thousand employees, fourteen thousand clients, and about one hundred and fifty million dollars in revenue. So during those six and a half years, I just we had to, that explosive growth, and gosh, I learned so much. I had such a good time, made lifelong friendships, and and now what I'm doing is I've left Scorpion a year, just over a year ago, and I'm spending my time helping agencies uh, to grow by leveraging some of the, the 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 big sort of insights and learnings that I had both at my time at Scorpion, as well as across my professional career. So you've helped SaaS companies and agencies grow from seven mm -hmm. to eight figures. Um, you've grown Scorpion from 20 million to 150 million, which is an incredible amount of growth and, and a really incredible top line. So talk, talk a little bit about, you know, some of the practices that you had in place or so like, you know, how do you take something from 20 million to 150 million? Not a lot of people have reached that, that level of growth. Um, and so yeah. you, you, you must have some war wounds and battle scars and some, some, uh, <laughs> practical experience to share. Was not a straight, it was not a straight line. You don't get, it was definitely a, uh, <laughs> an interesting experience for sure. Uh, so I, I, when I arrived on the scene at Scorpion, as I mentioned, it was about a hundred person company and a, um, 
a nine person sales team. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But when I remember I was in the conference room, I was interviewing for the chief marketing officer role, which by the way, was their first marketing hire for the agency. Um, previous to that, the founder and CEO had kind of done random you know, acts of marketing to, to get the phone to ring. Uh, but the, uh, the thing I learned in the, in the interview process, I was interviewing with my colleague on the sales side, my, my counterpart on the sales side, he was already at, at the company at that time. And he shared with me something that frankly, I did not believe when I first heard it. And so what he shared with me was that the client retention rate was 93% which for any agency of any size, that's a fantastic number. But when you're dealing with small local businesses that come in and out of business and change locations, and you know uh, it's more volatile potentially than uh, larger companies just due to their size, um, I uh, was taken aback. And I eventually was um, uh, given the job, I was given an offer to join Scorpion. I took the offer. Uh, in part because the, there was something special about the company that uh, I wanted to understand and to help the, the CEO to grow the company from where they were. And what I learned was a big part of Scorpion's success uh, in, my, in my experience and others is the vertical focus, the vertical go-to-market. And I'll explain to you what that means specifically in this context. Out of the thousand customers that were Scorpion clients, vast majority of them were attorneys, and vast majority of those were personal injury attorneys. And so they'd really built the business since 2001 to 2015 when I was there, when I joined, around really focusing in on that specific customer. And as a result of that focus, we were able to drive a lot of value for those customers and, and, and resulting in that great customer retention ratio. So one of the big factors, and this is one of the things that um, we could talk more about, but uh, and I share with my clients is taking a vertical focus to the market. The other thing that was really instrumental in our growth was the, um, there's sort of three legs to a marketing or sort of go-to-market process. Yeah, it's inbound, outbound, and relationship-based marketing. When it came to the sales team, it was a nine-person sales team. And at the time, and they were all, uh, they all drove very nice cars. They all lived a very comfortable lifestyle. And it was a good time to be a Scorpion salesperson. The reason was because uh, there was a ton of inbound interest, a lot of inbound leads, and uh, a lot of people, attorneys, raising their hand and saying, Hey, I want to be a Scorpion customer. I want to learn more about your services. The reason why was because every single Scorpion client got a brand new website that was SEO optimized. And back in the early 2010s, it was a lot easier to rank for competitive keywords than it is, I'd argue today, but even still. And so the way that an attorney would shop for a website is that they would go to Google and they took search for attorney in, you know, my whatever city they're in, in, in Los Angeles or, or Baltimore or whatever it is. And they would look at, see who came up in the search results and they'd click on those websites. And inevitably it would be a Scorpion website uh, client and they'd go to the bottom of the client website and there would be a link over to Scorpion. And that's how they'd get a lot of the business. The challenge was, and part of the reason why I was brought in to help Scorpion was the, the founder, as I mentioned, really wanted to grow, like really wanted to grow the business, wanted to help more people, wanted to reach more people. And the way that we, we were not going to be able to reach our revenue targets by just depending on inbound. 
we had to do something that's called outbound. And outbound, you know, sales and marketing is really about going into the market and having com- proactive conversations before people reach out to us. And so we had taken a, a very inbound focused sales culture and we brought in an outbound methodology. We trained the folks up on that and we, we brought that in. And by doing that alone, that really helped us to almost double the business overnight just by, just by adding outbound to the inbound process. Uh, and then the third thing that we did, which is really critical for, especially if you want to uh, be a specialist in a vertical, is do something that's called what I call relationship-based marketing. And from a high level, that's basically building trust with uh, the people in the industry that you're targeting through going to the conferences, associations, and being uh, sort of value-driven. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm still reeling a bit by the retention rate that you, you talked about. 93% <laughs> is really unheard of because, yeah. you know, one of the reasons, you know, some investors particularly stay away from the SMB space is because there's a natural rate of churn built into the, into the market. And um, 93% is absolutely unbelievable. Um, and so you talked a little about, uh, about the uh, vertical strategy. So mm-hmm. uh, unpack that a little bit. Like, what are specifically some of the, the benefit focusing on a vertical like you guys did at Scorpio? Yeah. Well, uh, through my experience, as well as I have uh, interviewed a bunch of vertical specialist agency, the founders of those agencies, I've asked them the same question. It's everyone comes back this with the same answer, which is everything becomes easier and better when you are focused on a vertical. And what I mean by that is, you know what lists to buy or to or to or to create. You know what content to write. You know you're not just writing a generic uh, infographic about SEO, but you're writing a, uh, an infographic for uh, SEO for dental offices, right? You're making you're making a much bigger impact with your content. You know where to advertise. You know which conferences to go to and which associations to get involved in and which podcasts to start and so on and so forth. So it just brings a lot of focus and clarity to an agency or any business, it could be SaaS or agency, um, that helps to streamline and create a bigger, bigger impact in today's world, especially in the crowded world of agencies or this particular audience. Um, you know, being a generalist, it makes it very difficult to get your message across. That's number one. It makes it easier. And then number two, I would just add to that that when you are vertically focused, you're able to operationalize your business. You know, we went from uh, 100 employees to 1,000 employees, but we, you know, um, we 14 times our, our number of employees. And the way that you're, we were able to do that with great client retention rates was through operationalizing the business. And the only way you could do that is if you're doing very, very similar things every day, all day. Repeated actions lead to processes and systems. And then we built a lot of software that allowed us to um, provide the same amount of value that a human would in some respects, in certain aspects of, of the business, without without relying on humans to do it. So we, we brought a lot of software in to help us to run the operations of the business. That makes that makes perfect sense. And, um, and, and it, I can understand it too. Uh, I came from a, a world where we focused on building real estate websites uh, and build a real estate website platform had the same benefits uh, that you're describing and uh, it, it t- totally resonates. You've got a very target audience and you can cre- create repeatable systems. I was, oh, I had one more thought I wanted to add on that. You reminded me. 
which is that you begin to get really familiar with your buyer. If you're just servicing a real estate agent or, you know, uh, in, in this case, in your case, uh, you become very familiar with them, their world, their, the problems you're solving for them. And that allows you to stand out even more with your marketing and your positioning because you are a specialist in their world. And in many cases, in the case of Scorpion, uh, what we were able to do was to solve problems that they didn't even realize they had yet because we knew their business. We knew what success looked like for them. And in many cases, these attorneys were uh, not very sophisticated when it came to marketing. So we were able to use our specialization and our familiarity with their world to help them to achieve a lot of growth in a short period of time. Must make things easier on your sales floor and making building repeatable processes on the sales floor too, because similar to you know all of your marketing efforts, uh, your salespeople are becoming experts at at speaking to a very specific client and a lot of repeatability yeah. that you can build into that. I can see for sure. Hundred um, uh, percent. One thing I, I did want to note, by the way, because I heard you mention podcast, and you have vertical uh, a vertical go to market podcast and I, I wanted to ask you uh what the fo well I, I can imagine what the focus is but who the who who's the target audience in that podcast mm -hmm. thank you so the, it's the vertical go-to-market podcast and the um the it's for business owners agency owners who have be been successful by being a generalist meaning serving businesses of all shapes and sizes and they're at that point where they want to specialize and they they're they're they know that they need to sharpen their focus and, and get and get more uh vertically oriented potentially and so that's really the audience and what i do on this podcast is i interview uh, founders of agencies and of SaaS businesses who've already made that transition from a generalist to a specialist and they've been wildly successful so these is the sort of the after um, uh, you know, the people who've, like I said, been through that transformation, they've, they've been through the process of being a journalist, knowing what that's like, and then deciding to specialize and then being very successful as a result. Oh, there you go. So, um, one of the other things that you had touched on earlier on is the three legs of the stool. And can we, can we, can we back mm -hmm. up to that a little bit and you can go through sure, that? Because I like, I think that it's such an important concept for people to be super clear on their, on, on their go-to-market strategies. And it's, uh, it's just an important concept. Mm -hmm. I speak with a lot of agencies who really today focus on inbound as their primary channel for growing their business. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a very good way to go to, to market. It becomes a challenge, however, when you want to increase the volume of business that you're driving. You're sort of subject to the the market uh, and what I mean by that let's just say you're targeting you know local businesses or or it could be any vertical uh, <clears throat> at any one point and there's been various studies about this um, you you know there it's a, let's say three to five percent of the market is searching for a solution they're actively looking which means that ninety five percent of the market is not currently looking however there's going to be a some percentage of those businesses that uh that would benefit from your service and so um you know inbound is and that that, that what i'm talking about is, is outbound i'll talk about that here in a second but from an inbound perspective 
the way to do out inbound very effectively is number one, um, if you speak to me, I'll always say that you need to be vertically focused. You need to understand your specific consumer, the person you're buying to at a very deep level. And as a result of that, you're able to communicate at, uh, communicate to them much more effectively uh, than if you were a generalist. And so doing the custom research and being, the ver ver being vertically focused is really important. Um, and the purpose of inbound is to make sure that your offer and your brand is in front of those three to 5% of the, mar of the market who's actively searching for a solution. So that means being on search, being on social. It's a bit about putting out great content that educates the buyer about the problem that they're trying to figure out, so on and so forth. That's what good inbound is, being visible in the buyer's journey so that they can include you to the list of businesses that they're thinking about, uh, you know, interviewing to you know become their partner or vendor. That's that's inbound. Outbound is ta targeting the rest of the market that's not currently shopping. And I'll share with you a concept that I talk about with my clients which is the zone of indifference. Probably haven't heard of that, of that concept. Have not heard of the concept. Okay. Fill us in. Okay. Hey, it's Corey. Almost every day I talk with agency owners who are frustrated with getting their outbound program off the ground. The truth is too many agencies are too dependent on inbounds and referrals to grow their business. We all know that it's getting harder and harder to generate inbounds and that it's just not a sustainable way to grow your business. I'd like to give you the six secrets for driving consistent ROI from your outbound that I learned as Scorpion's chief marketing officer, where we doubled the business from 20 million to 40 million just by adding outbound to an existing inbound only program. It's a free six day email course that will transform your outbound from broken to consistently driving new sales opportunities. You could sign up and get the first secret right now by going to getoutboundroi.com. That's getoutboundroi.com. Now back to the show. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. I'll fill, I'll fill in the gap here. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you an example by sharing a story about my wife. So my wife has the iPhone X. Okay. I think as, as, right now the latest iPhone is the 14. And the phone crashes. The, the, the memory card is full. It's slow. It has a short battery life. And, I, and she complains about it once in a while. Yeah. However, I, um, uh, you know, for whatever reason, she doesn't go and get the new phone. I encourage her like, honey, you, all this stuff will, will be resolved by just going to the, you know, the store where we're with Verizon here. I just go to the Verizon store and she says, well, you know, I, 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 I really am frustrated about this phone, but gosh, I don't want to lose my photos. And so I'm just gonna, you know, I'll, I'll go down there sometime. And of course she never does. And so where she is, is she's in what I call the zone of indifference. She doesn't love her phone, but she doesn't hate it enough to actually go and fix it. She's not yet in that three to 5% of the market that's actively looking for a solution. She knows what she needs to do, but she's not doing it. And that's what really good effective outbound does. It attacks that zone of indifference. It finds the, the largest percentage of the market that you're targeting who know they have a problem, but it's not bad enough yet for them to actually go through the pain of making a change. We all hate change, right? Human nature. Yeah. And so what good outbound does is assuming you really know who your, your target customer is, you can go outbound to them and, and encourage them to think about the problem that you solve in a way that helps them to realize, hey, you know, I can, I can actually solve this really easily 
through you know through these services and um, and do so proactively. Yeah, what, what the great thing about outbound is from a strategic perspective is by the time they're in the buying process, they're already in the inbound process. They're going to be shopping. And they're going to be comparing you to everyone else. If you are you, if you reach out to them directly, you can bypass that whole comparison sort of competitive nature. You can have a direct conversation with them and influence them potentially to buy your service uh, right out right out the gate. So that's number two: right. inbound, outbound, and the third one is relationship based marketing. The, the the focus of relationship based marketing, and I mentioned this briefly a minute ago, but it is in any vertical or industry there are going to be places where the people who are a part of that industry go and spend time and socialize and hang out, things like association conf- associations, conferences, events, meetings, all those things are really important when you're when, when you're focusing in on a vertical. But in addition to that, there's uh, there's an author, uh, Ma- um, uh, uh, Gladwell, who mentioned this this concept of connectors and mavens, and where I where I apply this in uh, Malcolm Gladwell, sorry, uh, where I apply this into uh, my work is in any vertical industry, there are going to be people in that industry who have more social capital than anyone else. They're the ones that everyone else looks to to make decisions. Maybe it could be the biggest brand, it could be the biggest influencers. And so from a strategic perspective, knowing that these, that these folks, these influential folks uh, are out there and they're very believable by their, by their vertical, building relationships with them is really a smart thing to do, as well as targeting the, 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 the companies and the brands in your target vertical who have the most credibility. If you can bring them on as your clients, you're going to make your sales process a lot faster and a lot smoother than if you didn't. You know, in the uh, in the past two episodes, um, we had Barrett King and uh, um, and Jim, we had Jack Perez uh, who was speak, speaking to us. And, we, and in in both episodes, the idea of the of the trifecta: inbound, outbound, and partnerships or word of mouth and 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 re- referral based marketing um, came up. Yeah. And so I'm so glad to hear you talk about it because it reinforces that, uh, Hey, some of our positions on this, we're not just making this shit up. That it's, <laughs> it's, this is a great way to yeah. think. And, and you made a couple of things a little bit sharper. And number one was focusing on verticalization for inbound, which I think is, is, is super smart. And then you layered in this concept of this gap of indifference, um, which is, I think, I think is a really cool way of, uh, of thinking about the opportunity with outbound because, um, you know, we do know if you can, if you can quantify the amount of pain that, that, that somebody has and get them to see that, that actually solving that amount of pain, even if they think it's kind of small, um, you go a long way to getting, getting them to agree to a, to, to, to a certain path. Um, yep. And, and, right. and, and you know, one of the things um, you know we were, we were also chatting about in, in the previous episode was was uh, partnerships. Uh, and uh, Barrett King uh, at HubSpot was uh, talking a lot about his, his focus is on global partnerships there. And um, you know, there's a couple of different ways of looking at that at sort of indirect channels, if you will. Indirect being yeah. you know, word of mouth and re- re- referral. And you have an equation when you're thinking about uh, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You want to explain that a little bit? Yes. Sure, absolutely. So I am basing this off of the work of Chip Conley. Chip is a the ex-founder and CEO of a boutique hotel group called Joie de Vivre. It's no longer in existence. They were bought by some massive company and he ended up becoming the, the chief customer officer over at Airbnb for a while. And 
you know, what he taught uh, in his in a, in a book he wrote, as well as just in general, is that the way to um, really build word of mouth predictably is to meet their customers, meet your customers on recognized needs. So I'll give you an example of what the heck that means. So, and I, and I do, I do use an equation. So the first part of the equation is you want to meet your customer's needs. I'll use Scorpion as the example. So what we did at Scorpion is they came to our attorney clients and, and later other verticals, but the attorney clients came to us because they had a need to fill, which is they needed more cases. And so of course, in order for us to stay in business, we needed to make sure that we were delivering on that need. The challenge with stopping there as a business is be, is that it becomes a very transactional relationship. If did you get me the leads today? If you did, great. If you didn't, then you know I'm going to find someone else. And you end up becoming a commodity and, and competing on price and all these really horrible things. And so, what you don't want to do is you don't want to stop at meeting your customers' needs. You also want to meet their wants. And so what does an attorney want with a company like Scorpion uh, or other agencies? Well, they probably want, based on my experience, they want someone who is going to answer the phone, is going to listen to my questions and help me to understand what's going on and be, be an advisor, really, and be a, be a trusted resource. And when you are able to meet their wants, you create more customer intimacy. And you sure, you're going to get some word of mouth and some referrals over time. But there's one more level, which is to meet your client's unrecognized needs. And so the context for this, and, and, and I'll again use Scorpion, is that what we realized was because a lot of attorneys were new to internet marketing, they didn't really know what to do with leads. And so as a result, I'll give you an example. So we would, you know, they would advertise on Google and, and then um, maybe a, a potential client or potential case would call in and, and no one would answer the phone or maybe they wouldn't get back to them in a couple of days. And what we found was the best attorneys who are, who are our clients would have the, a really what I call dialed in intake process. And that's the process of what happens, you know, as they, as the, as the campaigns are running, what happens when the phone rings or when someone sends in an email. Like, how do you process those leads? And what we realized was that a lot of these, a lot of these uh, attorneys would not be successful with Scorpion or anyone else if they didn't have someone to help them figure out really what is the best practice when it comes to, in, um, to intake. And so what we learned by working with some of the best law firms in the country is like we, we inherited sort of an understanding of how to do the best intake. And so what we would do as part of the sales process, we would ask them, so tell me about your intake process. Like what happens when the phone rings? And we would begin to consult them on things far outside of just, you know, is my, you know, my website ranking on page one of Google. We got into more of a position of a business advisor, a trusted, uh, true trusted business advisor, someone who really cared for uh, their business. And what that did is it really solved in an uh, an unrecognized need that in our case, the attorney clients really needed. They were a fish out of water. It came to internet marketing. They needed someone who could take care of them and help them to understand what's going on, as well as uh, how internet marketing fits within the larger context of their business. So as a result of us being more of that trusted advisor for these attorneys uh, and helping them to grow their business on on topics across the entire law firm, 
uh, we were able to really resolve or solve an, un, uh, an, uh, an unrecognized need. They weren't coming to us to help them, you know, um, with intake and, and these other sort of business growth, sort of larger business growth topics. But that's the value that we provided. And as a result of that, the client intimacy went through the roof because we were solving very profound problems, but we were only charging them for a fraction of the value that we were creating. You do that enough uh, with enough of your clients over a long enough period of time, and you're going to generate a lot more word of mouth than if you were just meeting their needs. I can completely agree with that. We had a, um, <laughs> another gentleman on the, you know, on the podcast. His name was Tim Reister with Corporate Visions. And he talked about this, uh, this idea of an unconsidered need. And if you can, if, if you can uncover it or you can introduce an unco uh, 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 unconsidered need in a sales conversation, instantly it's you, you create this break in this status quo bias that the buyer, that the buyer has this this you know bias to just stay with the way things are because you, you get them scratching their head and say hey maybe things aren't all you know perfect over here and it opens up their mind uh, I, I really like that uh, I like that thinking and you know, I can perfectly see how you can't get to that level of understanding of your buyer persona if you're not vertically focused, uh, you know, in a particular Correct. area. It goes back to just continually doing the same work for the same buyer over time. That intimacy goes through the roof from an institutional perspective. Your salespeople get really smart. Your, your account managers really understand it. And the value that you're able to provide as a result of that goes through the roof. Hey, it's a it's a privilege being able to chat with uh, such a seasoned marketer. With uh, these are, are amazing insights, and you know, I I, I learn something you. new with uh, everyone that I that I chat with. Um, I, especially on your on your one idea of uh, zone of indifference. When I when I go home this evening and my wife asks what I'd like to make for supper, I'm going to tell her that I'm just currently in a zone of indifference. <laughs> 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 Tell her I just learned that today. Hey, Corey, it's a, it, it's been a pleasure having you on. One thing that we like to do on the Conquer Local podcast is to leave people with one takeaway. Um, there's a, an mm -hmm. awful lot to, to digest in, in, in some of the great insights that you had on the chat. But if there's one thing that you wanted to leave people with, what would it be? This is going to shock you. But uh, what it is, is I, I'm going to recommend that you verticalize your business. And that doesn't mean necessarily day one, you have to commit yourself to one vertical and only do that. As you, If you're a younger or a, uh, an agency that's just getting started, I actually prefer that you do the opposite and really take on a lot of different clients and say yes a lot. But over time, you begin to understand and see really where your best fit customer is with regard to the work that you do, the value you create, who you like working with. Once you have some of those signals, it's time to start verticalizing, focusing your business so you can benefit from some of the things we talked about in today's episode. I've learned the incredible value of consistent messaging and I, uh, I, uh, totally agree with you and your stance on, on verticalization. Hey, Corey, if someone wants to get a hold of you, um, and reach out, they've got additional questions. How can they reach you? Great. So the best way to find me is on my website. It's coreyquinn.com. That's spelled C-O-R-E-Y-Q-U-I-N-N.com. I also have a daily newsletter where I send out marketing tips specifically around this concept of going from a generalist to a specialist. 
If that's of interest to you, you may want to check it out. You'll find the link to sign up on my website. So thank you. Hey, it's been a pleasure you. having you on the Conquer Local podcast, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I want to thank you for taking some of your very valuable time to spend with us uh, and, and chat today. And I hope that you'll come back and visit us again, uh, and we can have another chat in the not-too-distant future. I would love that, Jeff. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm Corey Quinn, and I hope you join me again next time for the Vertical Go-To-Market Podcast. If you receive value from the show, I would love a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.